0: are listening to the Bondzilla Podcast. The Bondzilla Podcast is a bi-monthly analysis of two of cinema's longest-running franchises, James Bond and Godzilla. This week, another Godzilla era comes to an end. We take a look at the final film of the Hazy Era and the death of Godzilla in 1995's Godzilla vs. Destoroyah. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Bondzilla podcast. We are here for an end of an era Yes, uh, this week uh, in more ways than one. If you uh, catch my drift. Mm-hmm. No, you don't. Yeah, don't. Yeah, because yeah. most of you. Don't, well, no, know. It's not,
1: I don't think. Is there a drift to catch? I mean, that is. It it's is a, the end it, of the it's era. It's a Tokyo drift yeah. to catch. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that, that one was
0: good. Yeah. Yeah yeah do uh, the introductions again because this could always be so
1: still someone's first comic it's someone's first podcast that's true. episode so D- didn't, uh, didn't the late and great stanley always say that like everybody every comic is somebody's first comic and every podcast is somebody's first podcast yeah that's what he said how do we do the little yellow box saying like last time on this. last time on the bonds of the podcast yes Dude, we're we're getting close to that movie. <laughs> yeah, uh not any closer to the James Bond movie, but no, we are close. Oh to- no, we're technically getting closer to that one. <laughs> yes, in theory. Yeah, though, though I think with casting news, like we talked about last week or last episode, way more closer than we've ever been.
0: Yeah, way more closer than we've ever been. Still need a title. We definitely confirm it's not Shatterhand. Yeah, because oh yeah 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 this because yeah. Barbara Broccoli apparently signed a, a title card that said she had her hand and then she signed it not this.
1: So. That is funny. When I saw that, I was like, oh, well played.
0: I would like to meet Barbara Broccoli. I, yeah. would, I would get something signed by her. What would you get signed? I don't know. Why don't you get the, uh, thun- the Thunderball poster? Yes, signed uh, I have. don't know. Was She alive and then huh? I don't think she was
1: alive for Thunderball. Yeah, but wouldn't you like? Wouldn't you want it? Though? Yeah, yeah. Uh, or, not- oh, no, 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 get your, your Bond girl book signed. Oh, you like the 50s? Yeah, don't you have a Bond? No, my dad has a Bond girl book. I don't have a Bond girl book. No, bro. just your Bond I'm, not, I'm book. not that sleazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, what? You can't celebrate the Bond women? Yeah. Like, it's a book just about, bon- it's not just like tasteful nudes of all the Bond women. It's See, just that's, they- I don't know, I feel like that's what I thought it was. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just like a coffee table book, and it's like the history of Bond girls. And someone's definitely jacked off to it. yes. 100 percent One hundred percent. yeah
0: i would probably you know what i would want to do honestly i would because it was her first movie that she was like actively involved in as a producer i would want to get a living daylights poster and get it signed by her Mm
1: -hmm. i think my dream one it it couldn't be done but if i would get because there was that brief moment in my life maybe a year or two ago where i was thinking about getting into vinyl then i realized i was just bored (laughs) (laughs) and i was like that's not something I need to get into. Yeah. But one of the things I would do is I would get one of those like vinyls. like you would get like the cover and then the actual vinyl and then like you get it framed yeah. like one of those. Yeah. If I could get like that, but for like the the original, godzilla soundtrack mm-hmm. by akira Fukube. yeah that would be like the dream like it, it could not be done now it, obviously you can't get that signed yeah but anything. that would be like the dream signature yeah. i think i would also get because i want to get all the noriyoshi uh godzilla posters mm-hmm. that we've been posting for yeah. these if i could get like those and then signed like those would be awesome mm-hmm. um well we don't have any godzilla news because i mean obviously excited for the movie coming out but yeah. the most news that has been recently is just like like tv spots and trailers yeah which i'm not watching
0: i did discover these cool uh, godzilla figures from a couple of years ago yes like, can we
1: talk about those real quick yeah those are awesome Th- those hit the web actually quite recently yeah yeah
0: in terms of like kind of going viral because they were kind of an un- like i guess it was like they were released in 2016 but it didn't really get that much traction then but then mm-hmm. now people are like oh it's going viral we retweeted it on the podcast uh, twitter account uh, but essentially, there were these four Godzilla figures. But the thematic of it is that there are these four monsters, and they're giving a press conference apologizing for some crime yeah. that they have committed.
1: Like it, so, it's basically like a podium, mm-hmm. and the and the monster standing right behind and it, and like looking sad, like looking dejected. Yeah. Which is funny because there is a brief description about what each one is at the podium for. Yeah. So, so Godzilla is like destroying buildings. Yeah. I think Ghidorah is the same. Yeah. And then
0: Mechagodzilla uh, Mecha
1: is copyright is infringement. copyright infringement. And then my favorite one was best, The best one is Ghidorah.
0: Yeah. Which is basically like, I don't apologize for anything. <laughs> which
1: again... Ghidorah is the Trump. Of the bunch. Oh, boy. All right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Dylan, that was for you. <laughs> Getting political. Even though you've never seen Hedora and probably never will. But yeah, those are funny. I actually uh, walked by um, a car today that had a Hedora, like a Hedora figure on the dashboard.
0: Did you like I, That's like a I of, I snapped
1: a picture of it So maybe I'll that's put it on a, the I want to leave
0: a note Just like I love your Hedora You're awesome bro I did
1: Like I did uh, Like I wish like The person walked up on me Creepily taking the picture Of his car But I was like Is that a Hedora And it was Which means like There's somebody out there Who that's his favorite kaiju Like that's gotta be Your favorite monster If you put it on the dashboard Of Cause either, either it, it that, wasn't a bobblehead, It wasn't even like A Funko-ish thing yeah. Like this was like a legit, Like a NECA figure yeah, Or something like Well I mean yeah. Maybe
0: he's doing it Ironically because he knows his car is killing the environment
1: either way still good pull mm-hmm. good pull good pull um so no news nick but as you were as you said earlier you are correct is that it is the end of an era it's the end of an era yeah. um with the uh the end specifically of the hey era. hey sierra even though Godzilla it's like franchise.
0: the real hey era is just about to end
1: Yeah, no, I mean, like, that, it's... No, I I just thought
0: it was funny, because I was actually looking up for some other reason about the Hazy era.
1: If you looked at the actual Hazy era of, like, legitimate history yeah it's, it, it's, it's going to end this year yeah mm-hmm. it, it went on uh significantly more but,
0: but in terms of our Godzilla, yeah in terms
1: of the important stuff in terms of the things that
0: <laughs> we're not talking about japanese history here we're talking about godzilla history so this is the end of what was known as the hasty era
1: of films and um so nick shall we get started talking about this mm. month's godzilla film no no you don't <laughs> yes i, I yeah, understand yeah. nick it's hard it's hard to let go it's hard to you know it's hard to we gotta, you know we gotta accept. Quit. Listen, and, but you know part of mourning is moving on and talking mm-hmm. about this, hashing it out.
0: We can we can like not watch the next movie after this. This is where it ends. We're done. Yeah.
1: No. No, no dude. Come on. This is this is where the fun really begins. <laughs> I know I've said that many times on this podcast, but honestly, that's kind of what I love the fun, about the-, the fun. Really
0: began. With all monsters attack, yeah. Otherwise, no, the podcast was not fun until then. I
1: just, I just think no, that it's it been fun the whole time. This guys. is the best thing about the Godzilla franchise is like every, every time, it, like the fun is just beginning. <laughs> <laughs> like, because when you think about it, just like the Godzilla is one of those things, especially from a retrospective film history standpoint. Yeah. Once you get comfortable. It really does get fun again yeah. especially considering mm-hmm. our next film but yeah. we're not quite there yet but no, right we, now we
0: got we got a, a much better movie to talk about.
1: Right now we have 1995's Godzilla versus Destoroyah also known as Godzilla versus Destroyer <laughs> <laughs> the Japanese title uh directed by Takao uh, Okawara. Nice. So Nick, let's uh, let's do a little catch up. Um, as we talked about um, before, uh, the Hey era, moderate success of the Godzilla franchise. Mm-hmm. Nothing to be that disappointed with. Kind of a little bit of a rocky ground it's at been, first. It's been
0: up and down. You know, but, uh, we remember we we started off slow, and then you know,
1: Ghidor- after, Ghidorah
0: and Mothra did really
1: well. But after Ghidorah, I would say, for the most part moderately successful franchise. Like, it's definitely nothing to be disappointed in. Nothing to sneeze at. Um, But that being said, um, uh, because the first big success was in 1991 with Ghidorah, but... Uh, Toho, has always, as we talked about in the last episode, remained a little bit dismayed that the franchise never quite reached the heights of Godzilla versus Mothra, which is the highest grossing of all the of all the Haysey films. Yeah. Um. So with that in mind, and with the aforementioned plans that we talked about uh, for the American Godzilla, still moving on this time, uh, being a little bit more solidified in their plans, as we talked about last time. They thought that those plans were a little bit further along. They weren't, so they had to come up with Godzilla versus Space Godzilla. But this time, it's like TriStar is definitely moving forward with their film. Um, and uh, so at this point, Toho has officially decided that the series would go on an indefinite hiatus and plans for the final Godzilla movie were made. Mm-hmm. So, Nick, let's let's so, talk about yeah. it. So... Uh, In penning the script uh, for uh, this final Godzilla movie, Toho would bring back Kazuki Amori, uh, who you would remember uh, brought his um, screenplay writing skills to Mm Biolanti and Ghidorah and Mothra and was director of Biolanti and Ghidorah. Uh, Amori would uh, start working on the script and uh, would come up with a few initial treatments. The original initial treatment uh, for the final Godzilla film was going to be entitled... Godzilla versus ghost Godzilla. <laughs> uh, the film would have seen Hasey Godzilla the one that we have been following since uh, um, since uh, 84 84 um, facing off against the ghost of the original 1954 Godzilla with concept art also suggesting that said ghost would have possessed Godzilla Jr or little Godzilla as we've seen uh, in the previous film. Uh, to fight the king of the monsters
0: it would be interesting i would be interesting to see what the story of that movie would have been like how they cat how they would have captured the uh, you know why he's a ghost or the spiritual nature of the story. Mm -hmm. And even just seeing like, what would be the purpose of their fight? You Mm -hmm. know, like, is it?
1: Well, I think, I think the interesting aspect of this initial treatment or this initial idea was that this, I I believe if, if I'm correct, this would have been the pretty much the first time that there's been a definitive, like the 1954 Godzilla, the events of that happened the way that movie happened because mm-hmm. if we remember all the way back to um 84, uh, they were very vague about what the there, events there was, of that there movie an, were. Yeah,
0: there was an event in 54, yeah, that
1: they that it attacked at one point but then it kind of like disappeared, like yeah. they're never specific. So, this kind of shows that there was a treatment mm-hmm. at least from the beginning that they were canonizing that movie completely, yeah, and that it was coming back, but. Unfortunately, it didn't matter what the story was because Toho, uh, despite liking the idea a little bit, uh, ultimately decided to discard it, mostly and possibly entirely due to Toho feeling that, you know, the last two films were already pitting Godzilla against a Godzilla doppelganger, and, you know, you're kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel now doing it a third time. And
0: especially, like, going with Ghost. Yeah.
1: Because, like, the other two are
0: like, well... Space Godzilla is just is a cool concept, and then Mecha is obviously you're you're, you know, taking that original idea and doing something new with it. Whereas like you're going to Ghost Godzilla. Yeah, I mean I, I can see that. Mm-hmm. That you you don't really want, to, especially for the final film, you don't want to just retread. Because again, when you do Godzilla versus Godzilla, there is
1: only so much you can do. Yeah. You know. Um another suggested idea after this was uh Godzilla would face off against a creature called Barubaroi. Which is a mouthful. Doesn't really flow off the yeah. tongue. Berubaroy, Don't like it. Despite this being a creature that was only kept in the conceptual phase that there was a lot of detailed uh, concept art uh, that exists yeah. regarding it. Uh, so Baru Baroi uh, would have been a Hedora esque Biolante-esque monster, mm-hmm. uh, this time sporting a whale-like head and multiple heads sticking from its side, sporting their own unique look. Mm. The idea was that it was supposed to be a constantly evolving and thus shape-shifting kaiju. Um, and uh, in this version of the movie, Baru Baroy would have defeated and taken the form of... Of a creature that has been called an Angiris hound, which, and there's concept art for this, which looks like kind of like a modernized look at Angiris. This would have completed really the, uh, the um the core the core group of kaiju returning to the Heisei series at yeah. some point because we never get Anguirus in yeah. these movies. Anguirus hasn't because we've talked about this. Anguirus hasn't been in a movie since I believe Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. Yeah, where and, he got
0: utterly decimated. Right. So it's you know it's really a, and when a you miracle. think about
1: it, we've gotten a lot of the other mainstays. We've gotten Rodan. We've gotten Ghidorah, Mothra, even Mechagodzilla. Anguirus being one of the earliest. Kai- I mean, he was in the second movie. He was, he was the first new
0: kaiju. Yeah. Within the Godzilla verse, obviously there were other kaiju movies, you know, in and around that point. But that it was really the first, you know, within the Godzilla verse, he's the first new, you know, new kaiju that he fights.
1: So it's interesting to me that they were going to continue that in some way, and it, and those and the reports that I've seen doesn't seem like it would have been. It kind of honestly seems like the role Angiris has had in the past where it would have just been like fodder for yeah. a villain to show how badass the villain yeah. is. Uh,
0: no no word on a Jet Jaguar. No,
1: unfortunately. Not. And
0: no Geigen either?
1: No, no, no Geigen. I feel
0: like Geigen they could have done something with in the Hazy era. Yeah. I feel like they could have made him cool.
1: Yeah. So. Um one of the things that was interesting about Barubaroi uh, that was problematic for to- for Toho is that they never loved the name of, of the creature. Uh- I think it's because it's not a great name, but uh, reportedly to them, they found that it was too reminiscent of the term Berbers, which is an ethnic group of indigenous uh, nations in Africa, and they didn't want to seem offensive that mm. they were uh, they they may have been closely making a, a, a monster. All right, I that's feel like this is kind name. of an excuse, yeah, because it's more so
0: like you can easily change a name, but yeah. like I'm sure that was just yes,
1: like- yes, but at the same time, and I threw through. Other media that we've been talking about, we have been learning the Japanese entertainment culture is very picky about when things become offensive, and you know they're you know because we were talking about the off mic, we were talking about how uh, I've been watching the Pokemon movies recently. Oh yeah, yeah. This is this is going to be relevant, but I was watching the Pokemon movies recently and. The one of the things is that they don't have on the Blu-rays are the Pikachu shorts, mm-hmm. and then I believe you told me it's because the narrator of those Pikachu shorts ended up being like a pervert or something. Uh,
0: uh, cocaine drug addict.
1: Uh, okay, sorry, uh, dr- drug addict. Um,
0: they might have been a pervert, yeah. but We, we don't, <laughs> we don't really want to lay those accusations on them. Let's it just is,
1: stick with what we know. <laughs> we know,
0: we know that this person uh, did a lot of cocaine.
1: Right, but so with the way, the way that. Uh, in Japan, like so, those original Japanese, they just didn't distribute those anymore because yeah. it's like, oh, it's tainted. And which
0: it's, this is also relevant because it's actually happening now with the the Sega, uh, sorry, with the um, with the uh, Yakuza game spinoff from Square Enix, uh, Judgment Eyes, where one of the main characters is voiced by someone who was just found with cocaine, and mm-hmm. now. We don't even know if that game's going to get released because they're just like, that is a very big deal. And and, this is, yeah.
1: Oh, and then also thinking about, like, think about all those, like, those banned episodes of Pokemon. Like, you can't, they're not easy to get. No. So it's just funny to me. And the reason I bring that back is, like, even though I don't believe that is the only reason that they they scrapped the entire idea for the monster, I don't believe that. But I do think that there is some level of, like,. You know they don't want to be offensive, like, and I think that plays some sort of factor in decision making. That yeah. I find that's that's very interesting. Indeed. Um, so, uh, with that said, Toho would kind of take fat uh, like uh, elements from all of these ideas, uh, primarily the first uh, God- Godzilla versus Ghost uh, Godzilla idea, mm-hmm. uh, particularly the concept of uh, continuity from the films before. Um, as this was intended to be the final Godzilla movie, they settled on taking the idea of bringing back something from the 1954 film and resurrecting the Oxygen Destroyer, which, as we remember, is the weapon that was used to kill Godzilla four by, uh, years uh, by earlier. Eye
0: patch wearing Dr. Sarazawa. Y-
1: yeah. <laughs> um, so. Uh and um as we will see and talk about later, they would even take a little bit of the idea of the evolving uh monster for Godzilla to fight mm-hmm. uh, in some way, shape, or form. Um so with the story in place, uh production was uh underway. So, as I said before, many Heisei Heise, uh, contributors were brought back for the film, aside from Amori, who is uh, writing the film. Toho brought back uh, director Takao Okaara. Um, who directed Mothra and Mechagodzilla 2. And remember, that kind of makes sense because Mothra was their most profitable film, so Mm -hmm. they're like, let's bring this guy back. Let's do it. Um, So the film would also see uh, the return of... Composer Akira Ifakube. So we
0: can confirm, because he's in this uh, movie, <laughs> that there is no rap music. Yes. Which, I know, this, which we know from the previous Godzilla film was a big
1: sticking point for, for Mr. Ifakube. None of this, uh, uh, this new fangled hip-hop. Yeah, none, none of this uh, old man yells at cloud. Yes. Um, Ifakube, uh, he refused to work space Godzilla, he agreed to work on this film uh, for one reason... In particular, and that was, in his words, since he was there for the birth of Godzilla, it would only be fitting that he was there for the death of the Godzilla. Yeah,
0: and this, I guess, I mean, literally and figuratively.
1: Well, Ivokube stated also that writing a theme for Godzilla's death was maybe the most difficult piece uh, he has ever had to compose, and that he approached it as if he were writing the theme of his own Yeah, and death. I guess
0: we should mention that a big part of the Especially the marketing is. Uh, no, no, no,
1: we're getting there. We're getting. We're, we're getting there. But
0: like, we, we, this is the first time we mentioned that Godzilla I, dies in this movie. I, so I, we, the I, audience I, doesn't know what's going on. I know, but I had it segued in here. I wrote it
1: and wrote it in the notes. I, I I formed the notes this way, Nick. You gotta trust me on this one. Well,
0: listen, you know, I'm just I'm just trying to I'm I'm trying to be the audience here. I am the one getting yeah. this information. Well,
1: sometimes the audience just needs to sit their ass down and listen to how the story is told. You ever think about that? I literally have it planned out
0: <laughs> podcast. Over. See, this
1: was my plan the whole let, time. Can I so- finish, can, let me can, let me repeat because you you kind of steamrolled over the thing I said before. Um, so, Ivakube said that uh, writing the piece was his the most difficult he's ever had, and he approached it as if he was writing the theme for his own death. Mm-hmm. Okay, I yep. hear that. So, Nick, the death of Godzilla. <laughs> what? That's what Toho's planning to do? Well, let's talk about the marketing for this film. Nick, can yeah. we get can we on to it? Yes! Okay. So get mar- on with it! So, when marketing the film, Toho made absolutely no secret of Godzilla's fate in the film. Mm-hmm. The film was heavily marketed around the fact that not only would this be Godzilla's final film, but the King of the Monsters was indeed going to die. Um, pla- uh, promotional placards with the tagline, Godzilla Dies were widely distributed and the trailers were just as transparent. Toho actually also leaned into other uh, publicity stunts uh, to continue this narrative. So uh, Toho had the big pool, which is the uh, stunt pool used uh, filming every time that like Godzilla's in the ocean mm-hmm, and everything, mm-hmm. all those effects uh, that they've had since the 1960s, uh, was paved over and converted into a parking lot. So they were really leaning into, like, listen, after this, we're done. Like Godzilla is, is over. So, new monsters. All right. Let's talk about Godzilla a little bit. Yeah. God- All right. Godzilla. So in this movie, we not only have Godzilla, but we have cult, classic, iconic imagery of the Godzilla canon: Burning Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick, do you want to describe Burning Godzilla? As uh, you-
0: he's Godzilla, uh, but he has like a lot of red, glowing bits on him. Mm-hmm. He's got like a red chest. His 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 spikes glow red. He's kind of, like, it is, I mean, when you think of burning Godzilla, I mean, he's not on fire, he's just kind of got, like, a super, you know, it's just like, you know, his, his super meter's full, mm-hmm. and, like, he's, <laughs> he like, or he's, you know, he's, like, uh, yeah, his super meter's full, and he's, like, the, the next power-up, yeah. like, he's, like, a devil may cry type of super
1: deal. Super Saiyan 4, uh, Godzilla. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, uh. In designing uh, Burning Godzilla uh, for this film, which we'll talk about plot reasons why once we get into the movie, Effect artist uh, Kochi Kawakita originally envisioned Godzilla to be uh, luminescent and uh, coated uh, the Godzilla suit with luminescent paint and reflective tape, um, though the look of this didn't really work out that much, so the final product was actually the result of placing 200 small orange light bulbs um, underneath plates of the suit. Uh, and it's this, this is the same suit used for Godzilla versus space Godzilla and covering them with a semi-transparent vinyl plates. Um, the resulting suit um, would then glow with that orange glow that we were talking about. Um, another aspect of the suit was that it was going to release steam uh, from other parts of the, uh, to give off that burning Godzilla vibe. Yeah. And it's uh, noticeable in the movie. Yeah. That um, proved a little, all of these changes while uh giving the desired look did prove to be a little bit difficult for um our heyy uh, Godzilla suit performer, uh, Ken uh, Ken Shapiro Satsuma uh, to yeah. perform in. i uh, would
0: I would imagine it just seems like a dead altogether doesn't seem like the safest well here's the thing, thing
1: uh, there there were many cables that would power the light bulbs that weighed the the suit down making mm. it very hard to move and uh, you know perform in uh, and probably the more dangerous one was that the uh, carbon uh, mono- or that the yeah the carbon monoxide produced from the the steam uh, w- that would uh, sometimes gum back into the suit and uh, nearly suffocated Satsuma a, a total of, like, six different times during production.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I just all that together just seemed like it was it was a recipe for an almost disaster.
1: Uh, the eyes were also modified to glow electronically, and uh, a little bit of peek into the movie, there is a scene in which uh, Godzilla has a confrontation with the Super X3 jet. Um, and so for this scene, uh, they use the now expendable uh, suit from Godzilla vs. Godzilla. Uh, to um, because in this scene again, going for into the movie, Godzilla gets frozen. So they just basically cover it with like liquid liquid nitrogen Nick to get with. liquid nitrogen. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> they they just cover it in Nyquil. That's, yeah. that's all it is.
1: Uh, but they covered it in liquid nitrogen to give that freezing effect. Uh, to this suit that they no longer needed mm-hmm. to give the desired effect. Um. We also see a new form of our youngest Godzilla in the form of Godzilla Jr. Yeah. Um, so he's gone
0: from baby to little Godzilla. Now he's Godzilla Jr.
1: Um, Godzilla Jr. was designed to be an aged down, more slender version of Godzilla, this time sporting a more green uh, hue uh, to him, which is, um, when you think about it, uncommon uh, for Godzilla appearances because, contrary to popular belief, Godzilla is rarely ever green. Uh, yeah. like you know he's always kind of like if he is green it's super dark but he's never really like the green lizard that you've seen in maybe like the cartoons or in yeah. other there's a few uh, the times in which he are green are the exception and not the normal thing. So, I just thought it was interesting. And it's very noticeable. Like, I do think that they come up with a pretty distinct look. uh, But familiar look for Godzilla Jr. Yeah. In, in this film.
0: Yeah, it's kind of a mix between, like, Godzilla and a little bit of the Godzilla-saurus aspect of the character as well. Yeah. So.
1: Definitely kind of going back in that direction of the Godzilla baby that we saw in Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla 2. As opposed, as opposed um, to
0: the anime baby. Yeah. Even though I still consented that first Godzilla baby it has a little bit of an anime-ish look to it
1: too. It's the eyes. It's the eyes. Mostly. Um, so, while he was portrayed via normal suitmation, like the rest of the monsters, uh, a small animatronic pop, uh, prop version uh, was used in scenes where Junior would interact uh, with his father for to make up for the uh, size differences. Yeah. But, Nick, it's Godzilla versus Destroyer. Destroyer. De- or Destroyer. Destroyer. Okay, all right. Um, so, uh, let's talk about uh, the creature. Known as Destroyer himself. Destroyer. <laughs> so, uh, when coming up with this creature, uh, concept artist Minoru Yoshida uh, was the main driving force behind designing uh, Destroyo. Um, having uh, introduced a crustacean theme during the later stages of m- making the Barbaroi uh, creature. Um, and they wanted to take that concept of the ever-evolving creature and uh, kind of go a little bit further with that. Uh, So it was not only, like, making one big creature for Godzilla to fight, but to make multiple forms of it. So throughout this film, we see our uh, enemy kaiju take on a total of one, two, three, four, six different forms, Mm -hmm. including its micro form, its crawl form, its juvenile form, its aggregate form, its flying form, and finally, its perfect form. Yeah, and this is... This is for all the nerds this out there. The, this is for the toys. Yeah, this is for the collectors out there. Because <laughs>
0: that's when it says on like the packaging where it's like, "This is a destroyer like aggregate form."
1: Yeah. Uh, however, the final design for Destroyer's perfect form is credited to Hideo Okamoto, uh, and while the suit more closely resembles uh, some of Yoshito's concepts uh, for making the monster, the original decided design for the perfect form that was initially that was originally. Uh, um, thought of uh can actually be seen in the Noriyoshi poster that we'll post for this movie which i guess a brief description of it would be kind of like a more well i guess like how would you describe you haven't described destroya like how would you describe him all right
0: there's a lot of elements here um i ca- it's is there's it's part xenomorph it's part predator <laughs> it's part a the villain dinosaur of a Jurassic Park movie? <laughs> like, it's kind, of, kind of got a little raptor in it. Yeah, or like, I, I kind of see what you mean by what's that. What's the ones that they have, like, the... The Dilophosaurus. The Dilophosaurus, the yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there's also a little bit of that Pokemon, that legendary Pokemon um, that shoots the wind in uh, Smash
1: Brothers. I can't It's I can't think of it. Shoots name. the wind? Yeah. Which, which one? It's like... <sighs> oh, Giratina. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it actually does kind of look like... Like, it has some aspects of Giratina. It's got, yes. like, the wings, and yeah, it's, like, kind of demonic-looking. He shoots wings. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Okay. Um, one uh, fun little uh, fact about one scene is that uh, the scene involving the government bombarding the, immat- uh, the immature, smaller destroyers, uh, the creatures were actually realized using Bandai action figures, mm-hmm. and then they would just be exploded, uh, and, and I thought that, that was fun. So, Nick. Uh, I think we should explain to the audience. It seems that we're having a little bit of disagreement on the name of, of Destroyer.
0: Yeah. I mean, within the context of the movie, yes, it is Destroyer. Yes. And there's a reason for that within the movie's context,
1: but in the movie itself, it is only referred to as Destroyer. So, canonically, uh, within the film, you are absolutely right, the name of Destroyer is technically Destroyer, and is referenced as such in the film. Unfortunately... Toho was unable to obtain the copyright for such a common word for the purposes of marketing. Because um, as we realized, Toho is very tight on the copyright for all of their monsters. Yeah. And Destroyer was no exception. So they had to uh, settle for the more unique naming of the creature. Um, so despite Destroyer being the official name within the movie, the creature has since been known and been called Destroya, spelled uh, destroy R-A-H, uh, in all of his subsequent appearances in comics, video games, uh, etc. Mm. Um, so one man's destroyer is another man's destroyer. To I me, he will always be destroyer.
0: I'm gonna be calling him destroyer because I can't do that accent you put on. Destroyer. It. it's just awesome. Like when you play it's just the video, Russian. It's just a Russian. But line. when
1: you play the video games, then it's to be like Godzilla versus destroyer. It's just, it's just awesome. So Nick. Uh, all that, all those pieces lead up into our final uh, film of the Hasty era, uh, and shall we just get into it? Uh, I'm yes, a, I'm excited to talk about this one. So
0: I know now this is the order that we do things in. So now I'm kind of back on board no. with, with with the structure of this episode. <laughs> so yes, we can talk
1: about the movie. All right, Godzilla versus Destroyer, ah, or Destoroyah. <laughs> The high temperature of the seawater recorded by our flying laboratory this morning shows that there's now too much nuclear fission in Godzilla's body. As you know by now, nuclear fission is Godzilla's source of energy. But of course this power plant has to be cooled by air and water. However, the Baz Island incident has greatly increased the rate of fission. So what'll happen now? Godzilla will increase in power. And finally, he will explode. Are you quite sure? Supposing Godzilla does explode, what'll be the damage? It will be devastating. More than all nuclear weapons put together. A burst of energy unseen since time began.
0: Vaporizing everything we know. Hey, we're back. Uh for the final film of the Hasty era yeah. the end of an era it is uh, the death of godzilla yes. and the 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 birth of nothing
1: yeah yeah the birth of of uh, of a very interesting future yeah. going ahead mm-hmm. but i do want to talk uh, so this was one of the movies i was excited to get to the most uh, I remember uh, at a younger age, I was always like very much familiar with Godzilla, always enjoyed Godzilla and I had seen a couple Godzilla movies before. I'd seen 98, the American One, I'd seen 2000, the Japanese one. But I remember sitting down and it was on Sci-fi Channel. Yeah. And they had, and they they had on Godzilla versus Destroyer, and everything about it was just like just captured my imagination. Mm-hmm. The look of the movie. I mean, I've often talked about like how the Hazy era is like my. I mean, I do legitimately like it, but there's also a nostalgic quality to it. But there's so much about it that I like I like the look of it, I like the craft, I like how the creatures look. Um, I love just the atmosphere of them, and Godzilla versus Destroyer was the first film, uh, where I, I saw all of that and just instantly fell in yeah. in, in love with it, and um, and that's kind of what got me on this path of being like so interested in Godzilla. What's so fascinating about it and going through the, these the Hasey era now is definitely seeing like Okawara's work, mm-hmm. especially now that we've seen uh, because definitely I think that in terms of directorial impact. Uh, Mothra and Mechagodzilla 2 have had the most impact on me in terms of, like, the direction of them. Yeah, I would not disagree. Um, That he definitely leans into this very kind of, like, surreal, like, almost mythic quality. Like, Mm -hmm. he wants you to feel the emotion of what's going on. And I feel like... that that kind of transfers into here, and I think that I, unbeknownst to me, that's what was speaking to me yeah. uh, about the about this movie. Um, so kind of like going forward ahead and like kind of watching it now, I I find it to be a very like a movie that I do have an emotional connection to, but I find it to be a very fascinating movie too. Like, and I find it to be, uh, like. For for the end movie, just kind of like still like a little ballsy in some point in parts of it, and thematically like how that they do uh like dole out Godzilla's final a- adventure, and and it's one of those things where I, again like I've always with these films, I've I've rewatched them recently to kind of get ready for them, and I've even found my opinion changing from my rewatches to watching them like when we watch them together. Yeah. Um, so I I can't really like my. Like I thoroughly enjoyed uh, rewatching it, but I'm way more interested in getting into the nitty gritty mm-hmm. of it. So um, that's not me dancing around like a general opinion. That's just kind of like my feelings about the movie. Like I can't wait to like dive deep into some of the the, the smaller aspects of it. I can't wait to become to uh, much like Destroyer. Like even though I am in my quote unquote perfect form right now, I want to split up into my minor uh, aggregate forms to uh to uh, explore it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So Nick, you had not seen Destroyer. Not. Well, express yourself. <laughs> oh, I mean, I oh, know
0: this is one of this is one of the all-time best. <laughs> I mean, it's just like it's like I don't I mean, I kind of don't know right now whether I like Mothra or Destroyer better mm-hmm. in terms of the HC, but I mean like it's it's a top 5 really uh in terms of what we've seen so far. Just I think it, it captures a lot, I mean, and, and, and being the same director as uh, yeah, Mothra, especially, mm-hmm. uh, makes a lot of sense because it captures a lot of what I like about that movie, too. It captures kind of the emotion that it gives, it, the, the pageantry, mm-hmm. and the, the weight it gives to the monsters and their journeys um, with a solid kind of human plot elements to it, which we'll talk about as well. Um, and just kind of like brutal and and satisfying um, mm-hmm. in many ways, yeah. in many many different ways, it's satisfying. So definitely one of one of the best ones that we've seen uh, so far on the timeline. And 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 as a final movie, you know, it is one of those things where when you plan a final movie in something, it's always very interesting especially or at least a final movie for a while because you know you you make these conscious decisions or unconscious decisions of just like how do you want to end it i Mm -hmm. mean that's kind of i know we've kind of joked about how much i've talked about this but that is something to consider with this craig movie it's like okay well what is the end right yeah end you know and like it's kind of similar like when you make a movie like this because in one essence it's it's perfect yeah sorry Mm-hmm. It's perfect as kind of a final movie because it just runs the gambit of all these things we've seen in, in these Godzilla movies. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it 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 continues some of the continuity aspects of the Hazy era uh, as well as connects to that original movie. Um, you know, it, it is, we've seen this journey for many characters and for our monster Godzilla, you know, how do you end that? Mm-hmm. And plus this is something that, it's, you know, it's around that 40th, you know anniversary type of deal kind of we've you know in the movie has been 40 years and you know we get our reporter character and we mm-hmm. get our scientist and you know we, we it feels like a classic godzilla movie in a lot of ways and we still get our psychics
1: we and... get our psychic
0: so it, it kind of combines like those elements of you know the Hazy era you know it takes a little bit of those elements of the old show era mm-hmm. and and i think what also really works for this movie is that it gives us a new monster because mm-hmm. it's really like I mean we you know Space Godzilla wasn't really a new monster it yeah. was just Space Godzilla so we really in terms of the hasty era our only true other new monster is Biolanti which you know I I definitely like that movie but I was you know I was a little more mixed on the Biolanti creature on this watch of that movie mm-hmm. so I think like Destroya is probably to me and and what really and, and we'll definitely get into the details of why but I think Destroya is the best like truly original monster that's true since yeah. like when even like really maybe since Biolanti probably probably since Biolanti. for even for me i would even say like just in terms of you know like even like going back to like those you know older show era stuff and like you know maybe technically for us jack jaguar but truly like you know I don't know if a monster really has made as much of an impact on me since we first saw, yeah. Ghidorah. Honestly, in 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 Ghidra, like I, I just feel like it just it makes that impact, you know, or you know, or the original Mechagodzilla appearance in the first Mechagodzilla movie as well, yeah. Like, but it's really like destroy you know, you give a monster like a, a, an opponent that really makes an impact.
1: It yeah, will. They hey. also they also kind of make him fit thematically into yes. the movie and it makes it feel a little bit more rewarding as and, opposed and, to just and like, it really
0: does it also just gives him more they give him more of a little bit of a personality yeah you know in, in terms of just how he interacts with the world and how he attacks yeah and, and just like again his brutality which is uh something that i really enjoyed as well yeah um you know you know t- pulls no punches this uh destroyer does um and then you know and it just like it 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 really makes the whole movie as a whole
1: yeah you know work well let's talk about the movie itself so like the the basic conceit of the movie is that we uh we uh we enter in on our much or in our fan favorite uh, at least these fans favorite Miki Sagusa who is yes. uh. Part of the uh, you know the G-force and everything, and she goes to do a routine checkup on uh, the island in which uh, we left. Uh, yeah, uh, birth, birth island, birth island, uh, which we left Godzilla and little Godzilla in space in the previous film, uh, and as we've seen, it has been swallowed up yes. by the ocean. A uh, big volcanic eruption has uh, plummeted it in into the ocean. It is no more. Uh, So, where are our beloved kaiju, Nick? So, Godzilla,
0: little Godzilla, Godzilla Jr. is missing in action. Yeah. Can't be seen. And meanwhile, Godzilla appears and he has the burning form. Yes. And essentially, what it's basically theorized... Uh, Amongst you know uh, these characters that we have is that Godzilla is suffering a nuclear meltdown. Yeah, that he is essentially like having a heart attack. (laughs) He's having like he's having a giant (laughs) heart attack that will destroy the world.
1: Yeah, that I and I and I mentioned this while we were watching that they they. Literally, this movie opens up on the stakes have never been higher. It,
0: it, it, this is a good movie that if you wanted to find the stakes have never been higher. Yeah, because the
1: they're literally saying that when Godzilla, like Godzilla is so badass that when he dies, it's the most spectacular death you've ever seen. Because yeah. basically they're like, if Godzilla dies, he will explode and it will ignite the Earth's atmosphere in a burst of flames. It seems
0: like, I mean, we'll kind of get to this point. One of the things I have found very interesting about the Hazy era is just doubling down on how different Godzilla is as a physical specimen. Mm -hmm. Because like, when you watch those original show movies, you never, you, you get nothing more than the sense that he is just kind of a fire, like a, a f- atomic breathing monster You yeah. know what I mean Like a
1: giant for, for lack of a better term He's like a giant dinosaur yeah. yeah
0: And I mean like In in the movies We definitely have Or a, a giant lo- lizard Yeah We've had a lot of Different elements of that Like oh he has A second brain Or oh, you can control him With the neck And his psychic powers But in this one It's more so like No he is actually like A a walking nuclear power plant Like he is essentially like He holds so much an Atomic and nuclear energy Within him that yeah. Just his very much like Death Will cause waves around the world and eventually, like they literally say, it'll set fire. to Right, the it'll atmosphere. ignite the
1: atmosphere. Like,
0: and it's just like it's. Well, they've
1: done, but and I mentioned this in the last one. I think that even even despite some of the criticisms we had about Space Godzilla, I think by this point, they have really made you feel for Godzilla in a very like as a as like a living creature as yes, much as they can because they
0: again like the close last movie was the closest but the the hazy movies never went to Godzilla as the heroic figure right so you don't care for him in that sense yeah Space
1: Godzilla was maybe the closest cl-
0: the closest but you, yeah. you never get that tar- triumphant sense of like like he is in the original Mechagodzilla or even like you know the best parts of Megalon or Gigan where it's just like hey right. he's like the heroic he's gonna save the day Whereas in the, these hazy movies, they have very double down as he is a force of nature, a creature. But yeah. you do, again, you do have elements throughout all of these movies that, that make endear you to him as a living creature. Yeah,
1: exactly. They haven't shied away from the fact that like Godzilla is still kind of like a product of man's folly and everything. But I still love how there's other there's other aspects of nature that are beyond everybody's control there are things that are even affecting Godzilla in a way that are like yeah, we can't plan. yeah and 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 I like all that um so in this Godzilla plot because in another big uh mainstay of uh Godzilla plotting that this movie brings in is that they kind of separate there's like two different plots that eventually uh converge um but uh in this Godzilla plot uh they need to find out like who's an expert who is an expert on uh, Godzilla, and they find uh, Kenchi Yamani.
0: Yeah, and, D- and like so, the G Force guy goes to this kid in yeah. his room, and it's just like he's like he did this. It was like a college thesis on Godzilla. Yeah, and he basically the kid's like, "Well, I sent it to you guys at G Force, but like none of you read it." Which, like, it, which you is which sent it like,
1: back. Which is such like like that kind of trope. It's like remember when they go find like that kid in the core remember in the movie the core when they're like we need to know how we can get down to the core and then they find that 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 guy that nerd you know what from the new guy
0: really quick aside yeah i don't know in what context we're going to do this but i really someday want to do like a singular podcast review of the core like we do with these i want why that movie fascinates me
1: That's a movie that fascinates me. I saw it when I was a kid and it it gave me nightmares as a kid. There's one really sad part of that movie. Remember when the guy goes out? He like t- makes the sacrifice play and yeah. it's a really weird like slowly he dies scene. Anyway, And that, remember, that, remember the guy dies laughing. There's also that guy. That's the tooch. Isn't that No, no, no. It's too, the tooch explodes elsewhere. But the, the kid other, just wanted his hot pockets. Yeah. That's it. the kid I'm talking about. No, Remember yeah. when they go, like they we gotta get to the core. Anyway, uh um, we're gonna talk about that movie someday. But, some, some context. But again, this the kid's name is Kenshi Yamani, who is our first uh tie-in to the 1954 Godzilla movie where we had Dr. Yamani, who was <laughs> the zoologist scientist character yes. who helps us find um uh Ah oh, man, Blanking on his name. patch,
0: Dr. Sarazawa. Yeah,
1: Sarazawa. Um uh so and so uh, Yamani, because he was in the first and second uh Godzilla film, and actually uh we also see the return of of actress uh momoko kochi who reprises her role as emiko yamani who was yamani's daughter in the 1954 film mm-hmm. so i did
0: not know that was the same actress i yeah, didn't same, know it was the same character i didn't yeah. recognize that they they pulled that
1: card same 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 actress uh but yeah Kenshi yamani grandson of dr yamani comes back as basically the new yamani who knows yeah. everything and, and about basically Godzilla. he's like
0: he's like originally he's gonna be like oh, man, I'm not going to do it Yeah, because
1: I'm a cool kid. Now, it's interesting because, like, so he is the main character of this movie, and and I will actually praise, like, some other character work in this movie, but they don't, he's not really in the movie. Once he's introduced, he's just kind of, he, he, like, an exposition guy. Yeah, he that's, that's he's essentially like the,
0: his role is that he basically is, like, he's oh, scientist. Well, we, we need to freeze Godzilla, or, oh, we need to get him over here, or this is what happening, and, like, yeah. he's essentially, like, you know our our science guy. He does have a sister, yeah, who is a reporter, yeah, who is another
1: character. Well, real quick, the one thing I will say about it is that at least it is interesting, I suppose. Like yeah. at least it's like yeah. kind I mean, of like a. I think
0: it's a little bit different, a it, different it modernized dynamic it yeah. for the '90s at least. And I I think he does have like a good serious face in terms of like in terms of, of of presenting those stakes to the audience. I think he does a very solid job of it, yeah. especially cause around all these like the other generals and. And, and other scientists at G-Force that are trying to figure out this, this situation.
1: Yeah, but uh, you're right. He is the character. He's like, this is what's wrong. This is what's going to happen. But yes, he has a sister who is a reporter. Yes, yeah, so who we, is... we, we, we get
0: back to the reporter trope. It was a yeah.
1: mainstay of those first the
0: show era, yeah. the reporter trope. But uh, yeah, so she's a reporter, and we meet her. She's interviewing a scientist who's won a Nobel Prize.
1: And th- and this is where we get into uh, part two of our Godzilla yes, plotting. Yes, because
0: his Nobel Prize... Uh, he won for discovering micro-oxygen. Yes. Uh, which is basically mini-oxygen. Yeah. Micro-mini. is the same, same type
1: of word. Which is one of those things where we could describe what he was planning on doing with it, but it, it is just the classic trope of... This is a this is something that could help humanity, yeah. and it's going to do great like things. He, I
0: mean, he mentions like, oh, it will make oxygen tanks smaller for divers. Yeah, and, you know, we can put this into this thing, and it'll make this grow a little bit more. Or, or, oh, he said like basically, it could end world hunger because we can like you know, miniaturize oxygen and and focus it on these on these plants and stuff. Like right, that. exactly.
1: Um, and what? then I love how quickly he's taken to task, though. Yeah. For it, he's like on live television. And the reporters just like,
0: well, what if it's used for a weapon? Yeah, <laughs> just immediately. She's like, well, well, like you, you don't know if it could be used for a weapon. He and he and he does the whole like, listen. I know things can go bad sometimes, but I, I trust humanity that they won't make a weapon out of this because it could be very devastating.
1: But didn't you love how she was like, huh, well, I appreciate the uh, the uh, optimism of scientists. <laughs> yes, yeah, that, that is a line in this <laughs> she movie. Really, She's like, she really just you have the opti- I appreciate the uh, optimism of a
0: scientist. Yeah.
1: Um, so... But this kind of gets into some of, like, deeper uh, thematically that, that that we're talking about. Because essentially, like, it opens up that question of, like, well, don't you feel like you're opening up the door? Because ultimately, it kind of is revealed that some of his work has some roots within Sarazawa's oxygen, uh, oxygen Destroyer. Destroyer.
0: Which I, we should mention, too, there's a big, it, after, the like, the cold open of Godzilla attacking... There's a big CG oxygen destroyer. Dude, that, that opening
1: dropped. is so. The title card of this movie is so Japanese it's, it's, and awesome. It's so good. It's l- really good because it's like it's like uh, like the letters come up and then the oxygen destroyer. Like, ah, oh, it's great. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So, but this opens up a big conversation because there is a few times in the movie where. You know, it is revealed, like I said, that it has roots in the oxygen destroyer, so it's like, well, so now this definitely can be used uh, for for words. And it opened up, like, a a very fascinating uh, conversation between the two characters where, uh, you know, like, what is the duty of a scientist? Like, how, uh, like, uh, like, what's the, like, what's the word? Like, how... I don't want to say nostalgic, but how kind of like it's like you know science isn't about like being poetic and thinking of like you know the like the greater ramifications. It's like we just have to do it better this time. Like yeah. it's just we we uh, we we have to remain true to the letter of like what can we do to better humanity. Like we can't just remain like oh yeah it was sad that that happened at one point but it's like but then the reporter is like but yeah but shouldn't like should we lean into is history gonna repeat itself a little bit yeah in anyway and, any way? Like, and like, i don't know like, i just i'm not giving it its due over the microphone but like kind of like when watching the scene i just i just thought it was like oh like this godzilla movie is kind of like even if so briefly like uh and maybe not subtly and I will but say, tapping it, into with, it. with
0: the with the reporter and the scientist i did kind of like their relationship a lot um Because they had great chemistry with each other, there's a lot of those scenes where they're in discussions, especially before kind of the real shoe drops on the movie, yeah, um, with Destroyer. Um, But they they do a lot of, of good interacting with each other. It's one of those things where. They don't. Also, they don't obviously push like a romantic element of it at least right away. You know, I think you could read into it if you wanted to, but there's really like it's just like kind of a relationship. Yeah, I mean, there's a it.
1: there's a bit of a flirtation going on. But a little but, bit, I, but, but I find they that don't,
0: better, yeah. especially since like we also had that issue in the last movie with Miki and that one Silver yeah. Soldier guy, where it's just like oh we're gonna do the romance thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one is just like you kind of kind of read into it as much as you need to, mm-hmm. and I think like you could read it either way. Yeah, definitely. I think that
1: kind of works for those two characters. Um, Um,
0: but yes, so this does have roots in the oxygen destroyer. Right,
1: so, so basically, as time goes on, we find out that, you know, through the tests of, because... Then it, more information's revealed that like they actually went down to like the ocean floor to like you know do get like tests from like where the oxygen destroyer event happened and, and then everything. mysterious
0: things are happening in this location yeah There's, so like, they go
1: meltdowns get, happening so they go and that's where they're performing or getting soil for a lot of their tests but unfortunately. Uh, some of that soil contains maybe the trace remnants of Precambrian era creatures um, that eventually get mutated by uh, these uh, micro-oxygen yeah. um, experiments and uh, mutates them into the monster that we know as a d- Destroyer. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh, what do we, do we want to talk about? Destroy himself, or because there's other? Because now I, I kind of
0: I I don't know. Is, is this a, there's a movies all over the place, not in a bad way, but there's a yeah. lot to
1: talk about. Well, because so the thing about like because the Godzilla plot is pretty straightforward in terms of like well, the Godzilla aspect storyline is just like this Godzilla's melting down and we gotta figure basically, out basically like Godzilla's
0: like having a nuclear meltdown within him he's out of control yeah and we need to find a way to kind of contain
1: him yeah because it's like then they find out like well if we attack him then that could make him explode faster yeah basically so... and
0: then the, the, the general's like we can't attack him yeah what because <laughs> it's what worked is so match? well
1: before
0: that is really the thing though it's like well what are we gonna do and it's like well to be fair yeah like Really none of... I mean, and Godzilla Like, the best thing you had was Mogura, yeah. to be quite honest. Right. And even that wasn't really the best of things cuz you called one of them Landmogra. it wasn't going to be great um, um well, so there's this, that, this this actually
1: then, introduces the uh the freeze ray tanks which is a big mainstay in a lot of godzilla like comics and video games is like the the big uh oh it freezes the monster which yeah I, which so I then they eventually enjoyed. in
0: terms of that storyline they eventually figure out that well if they freeze him to a point where he's frozen mm-hmm. essentially you know like they can deal with n- real nuclear meltdowns that they basically will they right. stop it
1: so, yeah, let's talk about Destroya a little bit because I, I do like so basically there's a whole yeah, this will work out. So, there's this whole bit where the Destroya, the micro forms and eventually become the crawl forms, they like mutate into these bigger creatures. Yeah. And then the movie just kind of turns into like a like an aliens well, that, monster movie. You no, know, it legitimately turns into
0: like a scene from Jurassic Park. Like yeah. someone, this is one of those things where somebody watched Jurassic
1: Park. Somebody watched Jurassic Park and Aliens in yeah. the same day, and, and, and they, they were like,
0: like, "Okay, well, this is our destroyer." Because it because that scene, they're in like a basement. Yeah, and it's basically like, okay, the destroyer creatures are like. You know, they're trying to shoot him. You know, they're like shooting holes in the walls and stuff like that. Oh, they, oh,
1: it's straight down to the guy has the uh, the 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 motion detector. Yeah. And it's like beep beep. What? And then like the creature and like got, comes in. And they got
0: flamethrowers the, yeah. and But it it's cool. Oh no, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like listen, if you're gonna steal, steal from the best, yeah, it's uh, it's great stuff. You know, it, and it, I for, for fact, folks, I do
1: like Jurassic Park. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, no, I thought it worked really good, and I and I particularly liked, I felt like that scene where, I mean, it's definitely, like, 90s creature feature, but, like, I that scene where uh, he's attacking the reporter, in the like, car. in the car. Yeah, uh, well, that, like, that was, was the one that, that
0: most reminded me of, like, a Jurassic Park scene.
1: Yeah, I love, like, what did I say? It's like, ha, Spielberg only flipped the car once, we're gonna flip the car twice. Yeah, he
0: flips it over and then flips it back on its side, then, like... He like shoots out a beam, or like was right. He shoots out a beam, and it just like decimates the car in half. Like it just cuts it straight in half. Yeah, he
1: cuts the car straight in half. I mean, it's got like this oxygen destroyer beam uh, that like blows portals into yeah. people's chests and like yeah, that was them. very
0: strange. Yeah, yeah. It, like it's like you you see the portal and you think like I thought they were gonna like implode upon themselves. Like a black well, hole. the
1: only kind of real reminiscent aspect of the micro of or sorry of the oxygen destroyer is. When they're hinting at the what it can do and when it's in its microforms, they kill all the fish in the aquarium, yes, and, and basically it, just melt them down and to dissolve their them, which
0: again they because they play some footage from fifty four as well, yes, that yeah. shows basically like this happened in fifty four because we know like this was right around you know the inventive of VHS, so you know maybe not now all those kids really saw it you yeah, know back in true. the day yeah um but basically because also like i mean again just to go back to the car scene it very much is jurassic park aliens because also the the destroyer creature is essentially stalking the car and like the reporter's doing like i'm but i gotta be quiet so he doesn't know i'm yeah. in here but then like yeah obviously he does know because it's like he's stalking the car and you see him like kind of poke his head around and mm-hmm. he's like ah. and then the, he also does he legitimately have like he has a xenomorph tongue he does have a xenomorph tongue like legitimately it's just like he does the xenomorph thing like in in aliens, where yeah. like he like leans in, and then like his other tongue, his other tongue comes out, and he's like,
1: <sighs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, and, I like and, it. And then scientist it. saves her, and so stuff so like what I liked about this is like, so now we are introducing our character as like, all right, well, it's rapidly evolving. There's many, there's many of it, and it, this yes, yeah, like, so that's a, that is by
0: the way, just real quick, yeah, that is something that I thought was really cool and different was that they're like, especially in that um basement scene and in the car attack scene is that there's more than one there's like six or seven of them and that's not really something we've seen in these Godzilla movies like no, no i mean it was a it, good it,
1: that's why i'm saying like they did bring some new stuff to the table because i mean it's i mean i can't even remember if there has been a time where we've seen creatures that are on human level like ha, like we really haven't had that really No, not
0: not at this point i mean they're still bigger than humans but slightly yeah but Um,
1: it's like but it's like kind of like they're like you're right they're like raptor size the the only the closest was like the
0: leeches in 84 but that was also very very small time
1: right yeah so and they really lean into it in this part and yeah and i think that they do a good job of like saying this is what the new threat is um this is how capable of is there's many of it um and there's that element, too, where the different forms, it is
0: also cool, it, in some sense, is also, like, an improved version of, like, what Hedora was. Yes. Because, like, Hedora, again, like, for all the faults that Hedora has in the movie and has a, as a creature, they do still, in that movie, make it a big threat. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways they do it is just, like, how its different forms evolve. And even in this one, it's very similar in that, like, okay, well, it's only this human size. Oh, now it's flying around. Yeah. Or now it's grown bigger. You know, it's like they, they keep evolving the stakes of the destroyer creature and what it can do. Well, and it, that just makes it more formidable. form, not just for the humans, for, but for when eventually it faces off with, with the Godzilla's.
1: Yeah, because they're – and it's a twofold thing because they do the – Obviously, it's a creation. It's like your classic, like science created the monster, but it's also like showing that oh, it's also a manifestation of this previously destructive force that we tried to bury away. Yeah. Um, so and
0: then it does lead into the thematics of the whole Godzilla franchise, but especially within this movie. Yeah. I was just like, the, we're still paying for the sins of humanity. Well, this that, is because they do I, reference that as well with Godzilla, where they do talk about like this is. We have created our own downfall here. That we created Godzilla, and now this creature that yeah. we have created, that that we through our own human fault have put on this earth, ha- is going to destroy us because you know of an explosion. Right.
1: Uh, like I'm gonna put on my. I think too. Uh, I, I think too deeply into these movies, but like I'm gonna put that hat on. And th- there's a shot that I loved uh, when they uh, finally. Uh, kill uh, the, at least one of the um, the aggregates uh, or one of the young destroyers yeah. um, when they, they basically once again they saw aliens and they use a flamethrower mm-hmm. uh, but they kill it with a flamethrower and there's this kind of really eerie uh, close up of like uh of Destroya as it's like burning and it's like slowly dying but it's kind of like engulfed in flames and then the camera like follows its head falling down and then also like focuses on the ground as like bits of its body is falling apart and as like and it's just like fire just like dripping off of it and everything and i just liked it that like even though like they kind of beat the creature in there it's still. It's just creating nothing but chaos. It's. It's creating even in the destruct. Even in when the humans quote unquote succeed in that scene, it's still there. There's just destruction everywhere. Yeah. There's still just burnt. Like the aftermath is still no good. And I just thought it was such a simple, tasteful little horror scene. Actually, that yeah. just did absolute wonder wonders for me because this kind of leads into. The real biggest thing that I think makes it the perfect end of a, um, end of a end of an era for the Hasey series, especially if they're bringing back in 1954. One of the biggest things that I would describe this movie of is just it's it's a tragedy. Mm-hmm. It is just pure tragedy about uh, of this movie and. Um, and we'll get into that as we kind of get into, into the end of it. But I think that is like kind of the first glimpse into yeah. what this movie is getting and, at. And
0: I I do think cause it's also to that extent is that again, we've established Godzilla as a creature that we do find we care about. And I think the other thing, and I'm sure this is something that is leading into that yeah, finale discussion. Um, is the fact that there is no saving Godzilla like that really, in terms of you know, besides like, you know, Godzilla is dying; he's going to explode. It is not like well, we could you know, if we put in this vi- you know, we put in this injection in him, it's going to calm him down. It's like there's no saving him at this point. Right. It's, it's essentially like we need to
1: survive. Well, there's we also need to do this. and there's also this like kind of messed up thing where. They're almost egging the even though they accidentally created destroyer, but then the government comes and it's like they're kind of egging the scientist to like, you have to create recreate the oxygen destroyer. Like they almost they want him to do that. Yeah. And it's like, dude like, no, like I like that's not like, what i There's gotta I be another to, way, oh, right. right?
0: Because like he's like, Well, they want me to do this and you know, then like, you know, Mio is like, hey, like no, you shouldn't do this. Cause my dad or my dad, right. She's a daughter.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. She's the daughter. Yeah. yeah she's Cause the the he's like, the grandson. The, the kid. kid. Is, so
0: it's like my dad, my dad's like, my dad was like, this was a mistake and we shouldn't do it. And like, it would be a mistake for you to do it. And then they're like, We're, we may do it. We don't know. Right. Right. Um, um because
1: that that's the element i will say is kind of just like played with but doesn't really because they end up going with the freezing thing anyway or they find out so that was almost that's the only part of the movie i would say is that they just kind of talk about it to talk about it yeah um one character that we need to catch up on is miki
0: which i want to talk about this yeah okay i want to talk about this so badly Uh,
1: wait so let me let me just introduce miki's whole thing is like so she is uh still part of g-force she is on that route where she's still trying to find. Remember, she's gone through this journey where now she cares about these monsters. Well, Yeah, now. but I
0: mean the, her main thing, she's like,
1: looking for ba- uh baby. Baby
0: Godzilla Jr. Yeah. whatever
1: we want to call it. She's basically like
0: he's out there somewhere and then even though like his exposition kid is like well he could have died. Yeah. And she's like he doesn't give a shit. He, he doesn't he, give a yeah. shit because that's like it's just for theory. He's like it's him, he's just like Godzilla to him Godzilla is thesis. Godzilla, there more thematics. Yeah, to him, he's he's just someone who he's purely from studied Godzilla from the outside. He's seen all these incidents within the Haystack era all these things of you know he studied them like but yeah he but, he, but from from his perspective everything he's saying is just a theory yeah it's just a thing to think about even when he's talking about because even when we will get to it with the freeze ray the freeze ray initially works it is a theory that works but then it creates another problem mm-hmm. and but that's thing. and then mickey is more so like no these these are things i care about these are creatures i care about and i'm still gonna he's still out there he's still got to be out there somewhere Mm-hmm. When I talked about a little bit earlier that this movie is a satisfying conclusion, and satisfying in many ways, the biggest way it's satisfying for me is the end and, and the continuation to the end of Miki's arc, mm-hmm. and that's probably in, in probably my favorite thing about the Hasee Sira series as a whole is the Miki character, because mm-hmm. it really what I think what's really fascinating about Miki as a whole now that we've seen all of her appearances. I assume, because it's the end of the Hacey era. Yeah. Is that it's not as if she was presented from the beginning as a major character. Not at Cause, all. Because remember, in Biolanti, she's a side psychic. She's not the main psychic in that right. movie. Yeah, she's yeah, just yeah. like a student that like gets involved at one point. Well, she's one of the teachers, if is I she remember. she's one of the teachers? Yeah, yeah. Now, there is one scene I do want to mention, because I really found this scene stuck with me actually. As funny as it was when we watched it, this scene really stuck with me. It's when there's another psychic in the plot that there's like, you know, she's part, this other psychic's just, you know, just a regular part of G-Force. Like she's just, you know, she was recruited by G-Force, she's a regular part of G-Force. Which
1: I mean, but that, I mean that, follow suit with like, you know, they're bringing on this new young scientist. Yeah. Now they're bringing on a new young psychic. Like, uh, like it's like, there's a, there's a, there's a similarity and a, there's, and they,
0: the, Miki and this new psychic have a moment together mm-hmm. where they're just kind of talking. The, the,
1: the, I, the, I'm going to talk about this part too. Talking, so yeah.
0: shooting to, you know, shooting to it. And then, Miki essentially says, like, I, I can already, you know, I can feel my powers waning. Which, You know, it doesn't really play into the plot, but just like is an element, like, hey, like, you know, this is the end anyways. Yeah. My powers are waning. You know, it's going to be so weird to be, you know, just a regular, you know, mm-hmm. to lose these. Yeah. And the other girl's like, oh, I can't wait till I'm a normal person. Like, yeah. I, I can't wait to just, like, have a family and, and just sit down and not have to worry about any of this. Mm-hmm. And you, you get – there's a little bit of a shot of Miki just – Looking kind of dejected, you know, and like looking like considering. And I think what's amazing, because in that moment, it is like it seems like it's a weird little side moment. It's a weird little moment. Oh no, not at all. Well, like like, it's just in an instant, you're like, oh, that's kind of a little weird little thing. But then when you really reflect on it, it is a sense of Miki's character, which is someone who just cares and, and and has enjoyed this kind of life of you know constantly being involved with these monsters and you know making these decisions. Because even her arc over the course of these movies is like in Mecha Godzilla, she's very much like, well, I'm I'm reluctantly going to, you know, try to, you know, hit his second brain. Right, but I'm right. like, he's like, but she makes a decision to do it. Whereas once you get to Space Godzilla, she's a little bit more like, no, I don't want to hurt this creature. Like, I really, you know, don't want to do it. And the only reason she tries to likely console Godzilla is that. She feels like, well, if anybody else do it, they're going to try to hurt him. Right. And like, I can do it. And in this movie, that there's, she has that realization mm-hmm. that like, well, I know I like this life. Yeah. I like the, these creatures. I care for these, you know, Godzilla. I care for Junior. Mm-hmm. And as much as it seems like sometimes I wish life wasn't as crazy, I do enjoy this and I will miss this. Yeah. And it kind of relates to us as the audience in that if this is going to be the last one, yeah, you know, we've seen a bunch of these, and you know, maybe in our sense, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm ready to move on. But when you really think about it, that's a, that's a good point. I like we're that. Uh, we're uh, we're just gonna miss them as much as Mickey misses them.
1: So I I have kind of an extension on that. I think that's be- beautifully articulated. But like, I think this is kind of, uh, and I read and I read all that. I think that's all there. I and here's a little extension I have on it. I think this adds into my reading of it as being like a like why this movie is, to its core, a tragedy. Because there's almost this case of, like, you're right, Miki has spent, like, this whole time developing these psychic skills, these psychic connections to these creatures, and now it's not even, like, oh, it's gonna... It's not just gonna end, like, her powers are actually waning, and then you have somebody else coming in who is it not quite as, I don't want to say jaded, but it's not quite as worldly and, like, as mature. Not quite as worldly, but also uh, maybe at this point not as quite as passionate. Right, it's definitely not quite as passionate. And there's kind of, like, this level of, like, this kind of, like, almost like this soldier who has, like, experienced, like, this life, and you have somebody who's kind of in her shoes also being a psychic who's never going to quite know. And there's almost, like, this, there's almost kind of, like, it, it's all like what was it all for almost like it's like so because they've been building up to like there's no saving this creature we don't know where junior is her powers are waning and that to me was just like it was so tragic to me that it's like at the end of the day it's like all of this is going to end and like She's going to be left with kind of like this forlorn feeling while we have like somebody else who's now in her position who's just going to be like, oh, wait, no. It's like she she doesn't quite value the the powers or the benefits of the powers in the same way that Miki does. And I, I don't know. I think like your stuff that you're saying is definitely very powerful. But I think what hit home for me is like there's kind of like that bittersweet yeah. like uh, aspect to it that <laughs> like really that really got to me. Um, especially yeah. as we get to like where where the movie ends, so then yeah. We, so
0: basically, they freeze they we, well they freeze all, Godzilla. They freeze Godzilla using the Super X three, yes, which is again a continuation of the Super X from yeah. uh, the returns and the Super X two, which
1: we both said big missed opportunity with the continuity yeah. in making the pilot because they make a meal of like. All right, it's like we have the guy who's coming into the pilot, the guy, and it turns out to be a guy, and, and, uh, and like
0: it's and it's one of those like cool guys. He always has like the cool ace look on pilot. his like he's like well, these movies. Have, well, we mentioned these movies have quite a bit of ace pilots, yeah. So really, what we should have done in this movie is that we get the Rodan fan guy from Mechagodzilla... Yes. And the that fucking guy from... <laughs> from, space uh, from Space Godzilla. Space Godzilla. We put them together, because it's three people. Yeah. We put them together... It and maybe a new guy. And then that guy is, like, the new guy. Yeah. And then that's, like, the real... <laughs> <continuity> <laughs> but essentially, okay, so their plan is, okay, well, Godzilla's going to explode, so if we freeze him and yeah. cool him down, he'll just... He won't explode. Yeah. Now, they succeed in that, but it causes another problem, because now that he's not going to explode... All that nuclear energy is going to internalize, it's going to cause like a true meltdown mm-hmm. where Godzilla essentially like actually meltdown and it's going to basically still implode basically into the earth and still like decimate it. So now that we're like, now we've we've fixed, you know, and it, it kind of the one thing, it is the one thing about the scientist that, you know, the young scientist guy that I did like where it's just like, okay, we've succeeded in this and now he's all of a sudden thrown into, well, now the. We still have an issue with this world still kind of destroyed. What are you going to do now, buddy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but so
1: around this same time Well, this is like truly when the movie is now snowballing into its, it's like finale into its finale because when you really think about it like it's like oh like we're it is like, it, that's the one thing i'll say about the kind of the structure of the movie it is one of those movies where you're like oh we're in the third act yeah. yeah
0: but basically around the same time that godzilla is frozen and he's going to be frozen for a, a limited amount of time yeah. so they do have a limited time to figure this out but around this time junior... junior does make its appearance yeah excuse me in, in and i did appreciate like especially for this movie and the story that he very much does look more like godzilla i think that's really does hammer it home so junior is looking for godzilla and also at the around the same time destroya is still kind of out and about they mm. kind of Defeated him, and, you know. And, and well, they're per-
1: slowly still like because they kind of make it seem like even though they destroy, they're they're still hunting down the pieces of Destroyer. Yeah,
0: because they've they've killed think, one or two of them, yeah. but they're still out there, and it's still like a. But this is
1: when Destroyer is truly showing its abilities of combining into bigger monsters, yeah. and eventually it goes from a mon- creature feature to big giant monster it movie it goes to the kaiju monster yeah. and it
0: look that final form as it gets there is it's really yeah. cool but to we, being, like, there is does. the
1: aggregate kind of spider form i think you got to kick out of the flying form yeah. when it starts flying i mean and, it just flies exactly like hedora yeah like, it just does i you know what this movie the for its limited resources of special effects made a pretty good like uh did did a pretty good job of like showing off that like it transforms yes. into different into mm-hmm. different kind of like forms like like on the fly and, and,
0: and uses those forms effectively yeah which I think is also something that Hidora doesn't do sometimes which makes so it different
1: so he fights so uh Godzilla Junior fights uh, yeah so Hedora. basically
0: their, their plan now is like okay well Godzilla Junior
1: it's the original Let Them Fight.
0: Yes, it is. They
1: this movie does the original Let Them Fight by basically being like, like,
0: well, we'll we'll let them fight because this is like the best chance we have for
1: like, you know, a little bit of a
0: distraction yeah. essentially.
1: So, let like ha- like the fight though. The fight was it's funny because it was like all the fights going on, the fights with Godzilla and Godzilla Junior, and then eventually with Burning Godzilla and the perfect final form of. Which, by the way, like how cool is like the reveal of the final form uh, of, yeah. oh, of Destroya? Yeah. It's
0: it, it's. I think it, it does again. It just makes that point that Destroya is probably the most original, best original kaiju to me since yeah Mecha Godzilla because that final form is so interesting, so cool, and it, again, presents itself as, like, the ultimate opponent. It, and it, what's it's great about it. It's basically, like, cr- it's crazy. Destroya is chaos, it's craziness, and it's just basically, like, because especially that fight with Junior, which we're going to talk about. Yeah. Like, it it, it destroyer pulls no punches is brutal and it, at the end of the day essentially like kills yeah junior yeah he basically like rips his chest open and like stabs it puts it into like an electrical plant like and, and as much as Godzilla Jr tries to fight back, it's just Destroya is just much too crazy, well, much too
1: powerful. this was something we said that was missing from MechaGodzilla in the MechaGodzilla 2 movie that made MechaGodzilla originally so great uh, as a villain monster was that it was a m- monster that pulled out a bag of tricks. And you never Destroyah- knew what was,
0: what was you never knew what was coming next with MechaGodzilla
1: and Destroya did have some of those similar elements. Destroya could separate into multiple parts, could fly, uh, could whip you with its tail and drag you across yeah. an airport. Uh, had a, ener- a micro oxygen beam. At one point, its head turns into a sword. <laughs> it's it's literally got yeah. it all. And then like even towards the end of the battle, it's still like doing like different things. Mm-hmm. And but what I really appreciate it because by the way, the look of the movie, like I like I'm just once it goes into night and this the way that destroyer and the burning godzilla looks it's just it's so iconic and it, yeah. it, i love it so much and um which uh by the way like Ifakube did want to do individual motifs and themes for the different forms of yeah. destroyer but it was like too complicated um so like all like all that i really liked and then and it finally goes into uh, like the biggest thing, the slow godzilla theme march as Godzilla's slowly lumbering towards... Uh, because at this point, Destroya has killed...
0: Essentially killed Junior. Yeah,
1: has killed Junior. Uh, and there's a tender moment where Godzilla, which still is showing the hum- the quote-unquote humanity of this monster... Right. That, like... Because th- I think the movie also
0: presents that you think that Godzilla's completely out of control. Right. That, like, he has no control over his actions, that he's, like, he's... Uh, basically, you know, it's it's like Godzilla was presented as, you know, one of those like wounded animals, mm-hmm. right? Where it's just like... A it, rabbit animal. Yeah, a rabbit and wounded where it's yeah. like it knows it's hurt, but it doesn't really know what's going on. And it's just like it's attacking. It's crazy. Yeah. And it presents itself as like, well, Godzilla's out of control. You know, it, we just we can't predict it at this point. Yeah. And But that moment where he, he kind of comes to Junior and tries... you and know, mourns. And mourns, yeah. essentially... Is that proof that no, that Godzilla is still in there? He's still a a creature, an intelligent creature. Yeah, but essentially it does. He does mourn, and it kind of increases uh, his his death because now basically, there the countdown is essentially well. Godzilla once Godzilla gets up to like two thousand degrees, like he will have that meltdown. Mm-hmm. He will be done, but the grief accelerates that. Yeah at the same which time is awesome. which is great but also at the same time is that Destroyer makes a reappearance. appearance mm-hmm. and then we finally get that real true
1: Godzilla versus Destroyer well yeah um, because then they off. do the whole like Godzilla marches towards Destroyer and it's like it's like like oh i love that it that theme lo- is really good i love it when and the theme like- is slow i love thing- it
0: and and i think it's also again it's something that's been more used more so in the Hasty era than it really was cuz that we remember that sh- that theme was very disappeared to show era. But there is,
1: there's just something about that slow March. I like, yeah. I don't know why, like just because and I know, and there's an epicness to it. Yeah. It's just like you're, you're cause there is just a bit where you're just watching him cross, across frame. Yeah. And then that's it. But it like, it just, the atmosphere of it just yeah. works mm-hmm. like gangbusters. And, and, God, and, I,
0: and you know, Godzilla just basically gets, gets all it is as it's dying. Essentially yeah. as it's burning up, as it's getting closer to that 2000 degrees point.
1: And, and I will say that, Oh, this is what I was going to say. I think they did a good job of making you really feel the tactile, visceral nature of the monsters. And I don't mean just because it's, like, practical suits. I just think there's things like the way in which the monsters get, like, kind of, like, damaged. Like, we always talk about, like, all right, like, when, like, Junior's chest gets punctured or when a piece falls off. Like, not even, like, when a piece falls off of, like, Destroya, like if Godzilla just, like, smashes, like, a piece of, like, his arm, like, a p- a bit of the armor comes off. Or my favorite is... As got the most affecting to me Was as Godzilla's melting down Like his fins start melting Yeah like and there's something about like Because you've been spending this these movies Where he's been like pretty much Invincible like there's nothing that can Even like nick him or damage him And the fact that like he's getting so He's melting down so much that his dorsal Fins are even melting there's just There was a very kind of like visceral Feeling I got and from I, that. I think
0: also that 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 last location of it being at an Airport yeah I think also helps just because there's so much you can destroy in that area and then just, you know, kind of go crazy with it. Yeah. But well, as we said, so just to kind of get so, – so, yeah, so Godzilla. So, basically now, the thing is, is that, again, Godzilla is going to melt down and create this big radiation wave that's going to just decimate the earth. Mm-hmm. So, they – as Godzilla is melting down, they do freeze them again. Mm-hmm. And, it, again, it kind of gets into your tragedy type of thing where um, the, the basic – what's happening is that they the the group of japanese scientists g-force is essentially able to contain and condense the radiation but they're like well tokyo is going to be a it's like it's going to be uninhabitable yeah because we we've saved the world in the sense that the radiation will is going to be contained to just tokyo right but now that the radiation is just contained to Tokyo. It's basically going to create an uninhabitable
1: right city. It's going to make a ghost town. Wait, no, no, no. We we're, we're skipping ahead. We, we oh, can't, we we, yeah, because we because we haven't actually talked about the well, death itself yet.
0: Yeah, I guess so. Because
1: well, the I, death like that's like one of the most like that's like what you bring Okawara for to to direct the movie for because and also because there is a big this movie also has an alternate ending. Too. Mm-hmm. So what happens is that Godzilla, like you know, he's peaking. He fights Destroya. Uh, they're both like ripping pieces out of each other. Now, here's what was interesting: De- he basically pummels Destroya into the ground, uh, essentially yeah. defeats him. Destroya tries to leave, and then G Force and the government use their beams to basically finish off Destroya. Lands into the ground, and then, uh, and then he disintegrates there was an alternate ending where just that happened. Destroya got back up and then Godzilla start pummeling like destroy and like basically just like, ah, fuck yeah. Like just like destroying him. And then he was going to melt down and it was going to be one of those as Godzilla melted down that also melted like Destroya, And then okay. it was like this big, like big calamitous, like a uh, ending to the yep. movie. Um, they didn't, the director decided not to do that. Because he felt that that centered the movie around, like, oh, the monster's fighting and oh, the right. monster's and, defeated. And we
0: want to focus more on the death of Godzilla. Right.
1: And there was a little bit of me, and I've always felt like this way, and there's still a portion of me, it's like, man, but it's like, I kind of would like to see Godzilla deliver that final blow to the monster in his final movie, especially it being the oxygen destroyer. And like, he's so powerful that he even overcame the oxygen destroyer. But. If you did that, you would get rid of the movie's most magical scene. And like, this is like, this is reminiscent of like the Rodan stuff from the Mecha Godzilla 2 and the Mothra stuff from Mothra, where it's Godzilla's death. You can't help but even get like, for it to pluck at the heartstrings just a little bit, too. Yeah, because he just completely melts down. Yeah, like, and it's just this... Like, it literally melts. The Ifakube's music in this scene, it's like this choir, and it's like this very sad, somber... As he, like, and like, and the suit looks great, and, like, as they're melting, as, as he's getting frozen, and he's just freaking out, roaring through the clouds, and then eventually, like like all of his skin melts off yeah and it, and it and like he explodes and it very it is, like, is
0: reminiscent of his original death in 54. yeah just in terms of that how Just the a oxygen, little bit more spectacular just
1: the oxygen destroyer you know but it's just but again it's just so tragic because it's like this creature he didn't, is a majestic creature he didn't yeah you're right it's majestic and I think that's kind of why you that, can't help but like fall and, into and that, that. that no fault of his own
0: yeah was was it was like he was—he was created as an accident. Yeah, he was essentially created as an accident. He survived all these years, and now, through no fault of his own—not through old age, not through an epic battle—and I do think now that you've mentioned it, that this—this this was the right decision because it's—it's it's basically just gets into that tragedy of the character. Yeah, and, um, and
1: and and it's like you're right. Like his only crime, if you look at him strictly as a creature, that like you know, unfortunately, like he is a force of nature and what everything but if you look at him just as a creature his only crime was that he existed and that like just nature and and really not even man made him like die it was just like a freak accident of nature yeah. mm-hmm. and the fact that it's like you're, cuz you're right there there is like it almost plays into the into the uh into the um uh thought of like well what was this all for like, it just kind of ends. And then, like, now we're dealt with, like, a ghost town, potentially. Yeah. So, but, yeah. So, basically... Yeah. It's, so, it's, then it's, so, it gets into this. So, yeah. So, yeah,
0: so basically, it's going to irradiate Tokyo. And it's going to be uninhabitable. It's going to create a ghost town. It's going to decimate a culture. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the radiation levels mysteriously disappear. And everybody's like, what's happening? Yeah. The, the radiation levels are going down. And then we see it. What do we see? Well, you.
1: you I think you need to describe it. We this. see the camera pan forward through the clouds... Uh, as we hear, our, no, first we see a shadow, then we see a silhouette, and it is the silhouette of a younger, uh, looks like our classic Godzilla, yeah. and it's the silhouette of a very lively-looking, resurrected Godzilla Jr. Mm-hmm. in the form of the King of the Monsters himself. Could this end yeah. on a more perfect image? Yeah, it's because, pretty cool. But again, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's like, that's what it is. It's but, pretty nice. But that's the thing. It's like there was only, in the canon of this movie, there was only two ways it could end. It can either end in the complete total nuclear meltdown, or it just ends with the vicious cycle yeah. kind of going over again. Like now there's a new Godzilla. Who knows what's going to happen after that? And there's still a sense of tragedy yeah. in that, too.
0: Because, <laughs> I mean, we didn't mention this moment, too, but as. As Miki has watched the death of you know Godzilla, yeah, and she's already seen Godzilla Junior get decimated, she doesn't know at this point he's going to be resurrected. She he basically says, "It's over, you know. I my life has changed. Yeah, it's different. It's
1: done. This yeah. is it that that well the era has come to a yeah. close and and it's opening up to a new era, but it's also like a new era where you still have a giant radioactive monster yeah. destroying a bunch of stuff. So it it, it it's a movie that has its cake and eats it too in the mm-hmm. best way where it leans into like this is the payment we would we we get for like all the nuclear stuff but then also remember how I said that going through this podcast has been very illuminating because it's been showing uh how these themes of the of that these movies keep uh, hitting on are so relevant mm-hmm. despite how much history and time has passed this movie leans into that where it's like the new era is going to continue yeah uh and and i and think and there will be it, further adventures to come and i think it i think it's beautifully i yeah. think it's be- beautifully yeah. expressed mm-hmm. so that's godzilla versus destroy and nick what are your overall thoughts on I, it
0: okay now talking about it i think it is the best film of the hays yeah.
1: <laughs> like
0: I, I just don't i mean like in terms of my rankings i i'm a very big on the rankings yeah you know? yeah, yeah and I still think, like, I, I, there's something about that first, like, 1954 that's just never... I think it's never going to be topped, you know? It's just, like, there's some magical to, nature to that first movie. Mm-hmm. And I do appreciate, like, there's a specific absurdity of Ghidra that I just, like, will never knock get over either. Sure, sure, I yeah. I think those are going to really be my top two. But I think this really slots itself as, like, top three. Mm-hmm. And just in terms of the thematics, as an ending... Uh, to to an era and and to a character, seemingly, mm-hmm. I, I just think it's it's near
1: perfect. It's it just does so
0: much so well.
1: Yeah, I, I think this matches with Mothra as being like. I mean, the, those two they, yeah, they almost really, complement each other by they, being. They, like, they're yeah.
0: very much like two sides of the same coin in in terms
1: of their thematics. Well, one's like Cause, cause, the very like kind of uplifting like magical version, and this yeah. is the dark tragic version
0: and and but they also both have it even if this one doesn't have it as specifically uh this they both have a very spiritual element to them you know um you know, Mothra more has it literally as Mothra is kind of a spirit creature, mm-hmm. uh, but this one does have it more in a thematic sense. Is there's a spiritual, you know, tragic spiritual element to it. Yeah. I think that kind of complements the uplifting spiritual element of Mothra very well. Like but, the, These
1: these two movies, I think, would be excellent double features. But the more important question out of all of this is who is Harrison Ford? Hmm... Harrison Ford should have been just the guy who talks about, like, we found this on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know. If oh, no, no, no. The He replaced the pilot at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. The one, remember, when they lift off and he almost runs into Godzilla? Yeah. That should have been Harrison mm-hmm. Ford. I'll go with that. Okay.
0: Let me think for a second. He's... Okay, he's the, you know, he's the manager of the construction project that's, like, gets all kind of weird based on the uh, um, the oxygen destroyer creature. Oh, know. yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. He, he, like, when the, when all the, like, miners or whatever, is just like, what, the elevator shaft melted? Yeah. He's the guy that they have to tell, like, who's going to Who do you think's going to pay for that? <laughs> what happened
1: here? I love it. I love it. Um, all right, Nick, uh, so, uh, some th- few things to wrap up and then I'm going to ask you a question. OK, uh, so reviews and uh, the pose uh, or just the reception of the movie. Uh, the film was met with a very positive reception and is considered amongst fans to be a favorite within the haysey era and to some degree considered a classic in the canon overall, even if simply due to the event factor of the film. Uh, the film itself was the closest uh, to Godzilla vs. Mothra's success and was the number one Japanese film in the box office for, uh, in 1996. Um, uh, shortly after, a few fun facts after the release of the film, Toho held a funeral uh, for Godzilla around a large bronze statue that was uh, erected uh, shortly prior to the film's release. Uh, and audiences proved to be affected by the king's death in multiple ways. Uh, Toho received several letters in protest demanding Godzilla's resurrection. Uh, la- of course, I mean, like there were. I mean, there's, yeah. there's no, no other way
0: that that could have gone.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, it's like if we learned anything from the Transformers animated movie, it just you can't kill an icon. Could you imagine if Twitter existed then. Oh God. How. how- the
0: memes about Godzilla's death there would be? Yeah. No, there would well, be memes. Everybody
1: would be already upset that they spoiled the death in the trailer, and they would still be mad that they killed him. Uh, welcome to Twitter, everybody. Uh, mourners would actually visit the statue and leave coins on the statue as a tribute, and travel agencies held tours of various locations that Godzilla, quote-unquote, destroyed in the 40 years of film. Especially, they would, they would definitely... Go to that statue of the morn uh, in the next couple of years. Um, so, uh, in terms of uh, the only other kind of thing I would say about like uh, the monsters, uh, we'll, we'll, we may see some of uh, the monsters again, but Destroya uh, is pretty much limited to this film. Other I mean, than, in, in you would—I think you would have to. I mean, uh, just in terms of like, that's one of those things where
0: like, if you use Destroya again, it would just.
1: You know, it's like you overexpose it. You know why? You know why? Because he's basically, he's the bane of this movie. He's the Venom of this movie. That once once you get past the 90s, what are you going to do with this character? That is very true. (laughs) It's it's just like he, Venom and Destroyer are very two
0: similar things in that they really fit the original thing that they do. But once you take it out of that, you have to be very creative to make it work without making it seem like, well... This is kind of lame.
1: Yeah, I mean other than like he's in all the video games and things yeah, like that. Of like, course, yeah. He's like that. Um so uh despite uh the efforts to highlight the uh, end of the era that Toho marketed, Toho did assure audiences that their future with Godzilla was not permanent and they actually estimated that they would continue with more films around 2005 once TriStar had finished its run with it's the, the Yeah um which uh we may see uh 2005 was a generous uh, a generous a very generous uh, time I mean
0: spoiler alert, I do know there was a
1: movie called Godzilla 2000 so
0: <laughs> things were going to happen before then
1: All right uh Nick as we wrap up this episode I do have one question for you Yeah The Hazy Era Yeah we we've come to the end
0: mm-hmm.
1: What are your thoughts not only what are your thoughts on the Hazy movie I don't I don't want you to I don't need you to rank the movies I just want to talk about what do you? Th- what are your thoughts on the Haysey movies and what do you think they have added to the Godzilla canon? And how do you think the Godzilla canon has changed with this new era of film?
0: Mm. I mean, in terms of comparison, because like obviously I have right now the Showa era and the Haysey era, those are the two things. Um, the Haysey era is definitely, in many ways, a more consistent era of filmmaking. It's mm-hmm. just like, in terms of it, it kind of feels like the Hazy era is what the Dalton movies and the Brosnan movies were to bond in that it just essentially kind of brings them to a modern standard of filmmaking and, and kind of storytelling as well that it just kind of, because with the, with the Shoah era, I mean, I want to, I'll talk about, let me get back to show era later. Cause I, I have some things, thoughts on mm-hmm. the, two comparisons. I think what the Hazy era brings is definitely a more distinct, uh, emotion that and i liked a lot of the show era films and again i will talk about that more specifically in a little bit but i think what the hazy era brings is a consistent you know attempt at emotion whether it succeeds or not is anybody's guess mm-hmm. but you know it it is very much like actual filmmaking in some senses and i think that just affects the storytelling um it also i think it it was interesting to see a sort of a different evolution of the Godzilla character Um, in terms of, again, just kind of presenting him as the force of nature um, and and as a creature more so than the humanized version of Godzilla that we've really kind of saw at the end of the show era. Mm -hmm. Um, Because while I think all the movies of the Hazy era as a whole are all better films. Like if you took the Hazy films as a whole, they're better films than the Showa films, mm-hmm. mostly. The thing about the show of films that I always found very interesting was that you really didn't know what you were going to get next, right? Like, you had just these movies where it's like, okay, we're going to do a sludge monster. We're going to do this this kid movie where he's this, this weird kid's doing the thing. We're going to have this crazy big fight, Megalon versus Jet Jaguar. Like, you never really knew what you were going to get with those movies. Mm-hmm. Whereas with the Hasty era, there was that more consistency with the storytelling and the tone and... The through line through the movies, that kind of grounded tone, kind of you know, it never really got to those absurd heights of the show era, but you know, it sometimes played with it. Now, again, a lot, of, I still appreciate so much of that crazy, insane, weird show of action. Um, you know, and again, like I put, I still put Ghidra probably in my top two, you know, my second favorite, because I just love the absurdity and the craziness of that movie. And it's still one of the most emotional of the show era. But I think the monster fighting in the hacy era really showed me sort of more of that emotional weight, you know, because I didn't wasn't as into Biolanti on this viewing as I had been in the previous viewing of it when I when we were in college. But even that last Biolanti fight, you know, as much as I said that that movie, I don't feel the stakes of it. Even directed wise, I can admit that they are trying, mm-hmm. you know, and and it's trying for something different. Mm-hmm. And I think that just, it made me, I, I was a little bit, at first, a little bit weary on it. You know, especially with 84 and BioLantia, wasn't into it. But as it gone on, I did start to appreciate the different take
1: on the monster action and and how it could be, in some ways, more effective. All right, mind if I take this one home? Uh, with the, So, with my overall thoughts, I think, uh, in my most bold statement, I think the Hacy era is maybe one of the most vital, is the vital era of the Godzilla franchise that actually made this a legitimate film franchise that is going to last as long as it needs to. And the reason I say that is that I think the original film is good, I think those early films are good, but I think that the Hacy era brings a little bit of a balance to um, the franchise as a whole in shows that it wasn't just basically the series of very cheap Saturday morning cartoons that made it palatable and iconic to kids. But now I think that with the Heisei eras, we are seeing that these were, at least in the Japanese sense, like these were like actual, legit blockbuster films that they could make. And that there was a craft to these films that could be made, like with the suits and the monsters. I think that you're right. I think that this is the first time that I think this is what's introducing an an atmosphere to the to the monster movies that was generally not present since '54. Yeah, and I think maybe the most in Ghidra, the the three headed monster, there was a little bit because the monsters were so good. But I think for the most part, the Godzilla movies have been silly and fun, and I think that that's a vital aspect to it. But I think that without the Hayse films, it doesn't get anywhere past that, and. I'm not even saying like it's going like the grounded, gritty adult route because these are still silly, big, like kind of like comical movies. Yeah. But I do think that there is a level of like when you do have like uh, these kind of like – and these movies were a little bit more thought out too. And I think that there was a little bit more attention into trying to make these movies work as much. I don't think that these – I don't think that you get people uh, like Doherty wanting to make King of the Monsters the way that he's making it right now without Godzilla versus Mothra. I don't think that you get like Vote Roberts wanting to make it without some of these types of movies. Yeah. I think that I think that th- this brought balance to the franchise where they I think that there is a little bit of the silly stuff that, like, oh, I want to play with the monsters like they're action figures. But without the Hasey era, there's none of that personality. There's none of that atmosphere, and there's none of that effort to craft a movie around these giant monsters. Yeah. And I think that through the suits, through the animatronics, um, through like the models and the sets that uh, Toho was pushing to make. I mean, like they they perfected the whole blending the. Uh, the locations with like we've seen it just from, it did not look great in, in 84. And then by the time you get to destroy it like, like it, it's not quite as seamless, but it still is, uh, yeah. it still looks great. Like the stuff in the big pool looks amazing. Yeah. Uh, the stuff when he's in the city looks amazing. And I think that, um, in its own way where the Godzilla movies in the Showa era had made him the hero, they, uh, lean into the tragic figure of, of this giant living creature. And I, I just think that the Showa era did a lot, uh, to bring some attention to the franchise. And I think that the Hacy era, uh, solidified it, cemented it and legitimized it to be a franchise that will live on forever. and, I love every. I love these movies. I love the way they look. I love how bonkers they get. Um, like they just bring me so much joy in watching it. But I think that this is the reason that we're doing Bonzilla is the Hazy era.
0: I actually don't disagree at all. I yeah. think that's a very perfect way to put it.
1: And uh, so, uh, and that that that's all for that. That was all for me. We talked about my favorite era of Godzilla, and trust me, I'm still looking. Very much forward to, the, to all the Godzilla movies we're, we're moving on. Uh, but Nick, with all that said, we've talked about Shoah, we talked about Heisei, and we have to talk. A, kind of take a detour into an unofficial quote-unquote era status of the Godzilla films in which we talk about the American Godzilla films, in which we skip ahead three years to 1998 and talk about Roland Emmerich's godzilla i am
0: very much looking forward to watching this one i'm very much looking forward for you to look up this development history oh i cannot and t- wait because i have not seen this one um i know elements about it oh man can't wait uh, can't I'm, wait for you to watch i'm looking it. forward to seeing hank azaria
1: <laughs> john reno john reno And how Math- could you not want a blockbuster starring matthew Broderick? Mm. <laughs> um but yes that will be our film i'm, next I'm time.
0: sure there's going to be some really choice roland emmerich quotes yeah um that we're going to talk about but next time is not a godzilla movie it is a bond movie it is Nick. a bond movie and we're going to get something a little bit better than 98 godzilla yeah. um i'm going to be very interested again now
1: wait a minute you haven't seen 98 godzilla sky, I, falls, I, better. Uh, <laughs> sky falls better <laughs> um <laughs> uh but yeah uh we're gonna go
0: to what is the 50th anniversary of the franchise 2012 um and really just kind of the culmination of what the craig era was leading up to in terms of its you know in terms of success in terms of a movie um and to many it is one of you know the best modern bonds but one of the you know puts in people a lot of people put it on the, on the top of their bond lists. Yeah. And it'll be very interesting for us to discuss and revisit Skyfall.
1: All right. Well, Nick, uh, can't wait for that. Uh, I actually enjoy Skyfall quite a bit. Always down to rewatch it this time. Look forward to talking about it. Yeah. But uh for today, uh thanks for sticking with us. Uh you know, it, we when it's the end of an era, we jam pack the episode. Yeah. It's our it's our show. We do what we want. But yeah. right now, I'm done. We're You're done. done. We're done. All
0: right. We got plugs. You can go to our uh, Twitter account at BonzillaPod. Twitter.com slash Bonzilla007. You can go to our Facebook account at Facebook.com slash Bonzilla007. You can like and subscribe iTunes and SoundCloud. You can email us at uh, BonzillaPod at gmail.com.
1: All right, Nick. Well, until until next time, we'll try to get uh, Toho those destroyer rights. And listen to me.
0: Um, we have to figure out how we're going to talk about the core on a podcast.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We'll do that. See you later, folks. Bye-bye.